How's it, everybody? God is good. Amen? Yes, I don't know about you guys, but that worship this morning, what? What better lyrics do you need? Just sing God's name. What the heck? I, I literally said that last week as well. I said that last week, but yeah, no, that song is, uh, is a vibe. It's a vibe. Everybody good? Praise the Lord. Look at the person next to you. Say, hey, you're looking good. Hey, Matt, Matt, Matt. Whoa, whoa. Okay, let's take it easy, but <laughs> I'm not, I set you up there. It's cool. Is there, yeah, yeah, it's good. But man, what a privilege. Everyone say privilege. Do you know that Jesus came and did something that not a single other person in history could do? And that was to reconcile you with God. To provide evidence for you that you are now one with God. Think about that. You know, there's people in the world that don't even believe God exists. Yet, everyone is sitting here this morning, able to commune with Him, to connect with Him. To stand before Him free. To stand before Him in love, in righteousness, in holiness. To stand before Him without fear. I don't know about you guys, but there was a time I just was so scared of God. I'm like, yes, that lightning could come down any time, you know? It could come down any time, but to think that we could sit here and realize, wow, we are one spirit with God. You know what I'm saying? Thanks, bud. We are one spirit with God. We, he is waiting for us, like what Mel shared this morning. He's waiting for us to take the limits off. How much will we believe? Hey, you guys ever stop and think about that? Sometimes I do, often. Because we must count it as a privilege. We must count it as the absolute uh, um, highest honor that we can have in life, is to walk with God. You know, the Bible tells us that Joseph was naked on a slave trader's block in Egypt, getting sold. And the Bible says, and Joseph was blessed because God was with him. Man. You think about that, you know? Some days we can't even deal with ourselves. Some days we can't deal with people. Some days we can't deal with whatever else. But to think that because God is with us, we're always blessed. Because God is with us, we're never in a position of limitation. Because God is with us, we're never in a position of weakness. Amen, baby. That's what I love it. That's it. Y'all need to take lessons. The baby's in the sermon, man. <laughs> That's it. I love it. I love it. Are you guys with me? And this last couple of weeks, who's been here for the series, I Will Transform? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wave at me. You guys been enjoying it? Any feedback? Loving it? Happy? Hey? 10 out of 10. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Please go rate us on Google ratings. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Google reviews. But we've been touching on some heavy stuff, right? I mean, uh, we've been getting into the, the down and dirty of life. You guys know what I'm talking about? Hey? And this morning, we just wanted to uh, uh, go a bit deeper on this, you know, because the truth is there, there are certain mechanics that are at place and certain paradoxes that we as children of God need to make sure that we repent towards. Are you guys with me? So when we're walking with God, we can't hold to our old ways and our old thinking because it's going to put us in a place of frustration. Amen? How many of you have ever been in a situation where you have an expectation, right? And then that thing doesn't go that way. Any takers? Listen, I, I'm apparently I'm still a Man United supporter. No, Sheldon, that was, that was personal. Okay, Sheldon, let's all, just... All the married people, that was your place to say, amen. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. 
But when, when the expectation is there and the result is not aligned, ah, oh man, it's rough. You know, some places now you can pay like up to 150 rand for a burger, eh? Imagine you go there and that thing is dry. Imagine. You know, like that, that dry overcooked mince and you bite that patty and it's not lacquer. Or that, that, that bun is hard. Or someone says, hey, this is a cappuccino, 75 rand. And you get it, it tastes like Ricoffee. It's rough, man. No offense to Ricoffee people, I'm just saying it doesn't taste like cappuccino, okay? But you guys understand what I'm saying? That disappointment, that frustration. You guys at work, you know where the, where the bosses send out an email. Hey, guys, it's performance review time. It's time for bonuses. Good news, we've done well this year. Everyone's getting a bonus. You're like, wow, let's go. I wonder how much it is. And because, you know, we're optimistic, we're like, yeah, probably going to be like 11% or 9%. Then you get that letter. Oh, it was your boss. It is with great joy. And you know, they, they butter you up first. We just want to applaud your diligence. You know, we haven't seen an employee like you in this company. You really carry our culture. You know, you are, you are committed to our vision. You know, we've seen you put in so much. So with great pleasure, we'd just like to give you a 2.3% increase. <laughs> and then you're like, Marawana, my increase can't even cover the cost of this paper that was printed. Yeah. <laughs> what are you saying, man? <laughs> You, guys you, you actually get a whole lot more responsibilities. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. And with your diligence of, and getting the 2.3%, we're adding three more responsibilities to you. Because you're so great. Yeah, you are. You're an absolute staticky. Guys, disappointment is rough, eh? Disappointment is so rough. And you know, the Bible actually tells us that disappointment makes our hearts sick. Now, if you think carefully... When you've been disappointed in your life, whether it's uh, on a small level or a very big level, man, your heart gets a bit sick. You know, all of a sudden, you, you, can't, you can't taste that cheeseburger anymore. All of a sudden, coffee doesn't give you the same pick-me-up, you know? All of a sudden, when you're singing, Yahweh, Yahweh, now you're more like, Yahweh, Yahweh, you know? At least they laughed. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? It's more like Awe. Awe, yeah. I was going to tell that story. So, so I have to tell this quickly, right? When we were at youth, we had a friend, right? So, um, color guy. And man, we sang this song in the morning. Then he comes to us. He's like, yes, see, man, we must do that song, Awe. I'm like, huh? <laughs> What's No, man, we sang it this morning, Awe. I'm like, yes, see, bro. So I'm like, play the song for me. So he takes it out. It's actually Yahweh. I was like, okay. He's actually saying Awe instead of Yahweh, but... That's a South African joke. It's a inside, inside. Those of you watching online from overseas, you won't get that joke. But come visit us. You'll get it. It's fine. But, uh, but disappointment makes our hearts sick, right? And you know, oftentimes, have you guys ever found yourself in a position where you're having a really bad day, but nothing's wrong? Oh, whoa, whoa. I was expecting a bit less agreement there, but okay. <laughs> but, but it's true, right? I mean, you, you, you even do the, the, the logical exercise to be like, why the heck am I like in a bad mood when everything is perfect. It's probably the best day you could ever have. But inside, you're like, you're sick. You can't see anything. You walk in the sun, it's cold. You know? You're watching your HDTV, it's black and white. You're like, what the heck is going on here? You guys know what I'm talking about? And these are the paradoxes now that we as believers get to see clearly. And we get to have the correct expectation. Because, you know, people who don't understand how all these paradoxes work, they have to make their own conclusion. Are you guys with me? I love it. South African politics. Every time someone comes out and says something, you get every political science major coming to every single conclusion about why that was said. But they refuse to see clearly that we have criminals in government, right? 
It's every other policy. No, 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 no. We're part of BRICS now. And yes, this is the, uh, the, the, the Western philosophy on blah, 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 blah. It's like, dude, these guys are thieves. Diva. Let me tell you, right? And when you don't see clearly, you misalign your expectation. So let me, let me ask you guys, like on that day where everything's going perfect, but you're having a bad day, what is the typical reasonings that you guys have heard, right? What's a few I've heard? The devil's attacking me. I'm talking from Christians, right? The devil's attacking me. I'm like, yo, everything's right outside, but inside I'm wrong. Devil's attacking me. It's always the mother-in-law. <laughs> always. Mother-in-law. It's my That's boss. It's boss. my boss, you know. Oh, that woman you gave me, Lord. <laughs> Lord, this woman you left with me, Lord. <laughs> but we always have to jump to a resolution logically. Why? Because that is how our minds were designed by God. Do you know, you were given an inherent machine, a logic, where you cannot be deceived. Because you were not supposed to reason apart from evidence. Are you with me? Right? God gave you that mind for a reason. So that you can always process the evidence that you're given and then make a logical conclusion. Amen? Right. So, next month when you're filling up your tank and they say petrol's gone up from, by one rand... You're not going to think, hmm, I wonder if, yeah, I wonder if it's Sagittarius is in the wrong spot in the solar system. Uh, no, what are you going to do? You got the notification. Sorry, ANC, petrol's gone up by one ram. You go fill your tank, you spend more money. Are you guys with me? Basic logic. With God, it functions exactly the same. Look at the person next to you and say, hey, it's exactly the same. God gave us evidence. He gave us evidence to believe many, many things, clearly, right? Even if you're an atheist, God gave you evidence to believe that there is a God because creation speaks it. You don't need faith to know that there's a God. Faith will save you, but you don't need faith to know that there's a God. Amen? He gave us Christ's sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection and fulfilled the promise of his Holy Spirit as evidence that we are the sons and daughters of God. Amen? The Bible tells us we're sealed. Amen? So in the same way, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to these things in life, and we've been talking about the, the frustrations and, you know, the gaps and the different forms of evidence. Pastor is going to jump in just now, right? <laughs> the forms of evidence. We've been talking about how we have to use the evidence that God has given to us. Amen? So let's talk about that day where everything is perfect, but you are not having a good time. Right? We are a three-part being. Amen? You guys been in this church long enough? You will know. We are a spirit, we possess a soul, and we live in a body. Amen? Our spirit is one spirit with God. Perfect. That is it, right? Amen? That is it. Let's talk about the soul for a second. That's the one that's not so perfect, okay? <laughs> Sometimes by our doing, other people's doing. But what is in our soul? We have a mind. We have a will, and we have emotions, right? And we know that the number one thing that either stabilizes us or destroys us is our emotional state. Amen? But here's the thing. We resolve our emotional state, and we make a judgment about where we are. Case in point, the day is going perfect. I have no evidence to feel bad. But I'm feeling bad. Let me go find evidence. Are you guys with me? We miss opportunities. We miss 
good times with precious people, right? We miss opportunities that God wants to lead us into to speak to people and to give them word and to pray for them, to lead them to the Lord. Why? Because our emotional state is off. Now, if we are carnal people, what does carnal mean? Now, we've been talking about that the last couple of weeks, that if we are carnal, we are living purely by our five senses, right? That's all our evidence that we have. Which sense do you process your emotions with? Anyone want to take a gander at that? Or a goose? Up to you. You can't, right? You cannot process your emotions through any of your five senses. What do people do, though? They try and heighten one of the physical senses to numb the emotion or to change it, but you cannot process that emotion through your physical senses. So what do people do when they're feeling down? Change my environment. Go do something. Go crazy. You know? Whatever it is. But you can change your emotional state through your body. But what happens is that you start abusing your body to get better emotions. You guys know what I'm talking about? These guys are always living for a high. You know? Chasing after pleasure all the time. I need the next big thing. I need the next good time. All that kind of stuff. You always got to ask yourselves, what are they running from? What are you trying to suppress where you constantly need this very high thing? Are you guys with me? Even to the point that your emotions can even be affected biologically. You know, sometimes people who are, feel like they're in depression, they just need a vitamin B shot. Do you know that? Gosh, how can you say that? It happens, guys. Do you know your body processes all your chemicals and it ends up feeling something that is not in your five senses? You could have mineral deficiencies, you could have hormone imbalance, you could have all these kind of things. And they result in this destabilizing in your soul. Amen? Are you guys following me? Now as a believer, if you don't see these patterns clearly that God has designed, you're going to search for a logic that doesn't exist. Amen? But what do we do now as believers? What do we say? We say, yes, see, you know, everything is good today, but I'm having a bit of a tough emotional time. Is that okay? The short answer, yes. It's okay. Emotions. The word motion is in there. They go like this. Everyone do this. Right? You're going to have an emotional time. I'm sorry. It's just how it is. Unfortunately, you're going to have bad emotions because of the sin that's in us from Adam. Right? But... You cannot escape them. But as a child of God, when you see clearly, you realize, wait a minute. These emotions that I'm feeling is not God. It's not even me. Because I am in Christ. Are you with me? You can refuse to identify with those things. You can refuse to be a slave to those things. How do I do it, Bash? Must I pray 24 hours? No. Must I go on a 30-day fast? No. Must I give more money? No. You must connect with God. That's the key. Are you guys with me? See, the privilege that we have is that when the world experiences these up and down emotions, they don't have an escape. They don't even, they don't even have power to overcome. But you see, all those motions, right? They're reacting to constant things in this fallen world. You have an environment that is unchanging. Completely unchanging. You know, you ask people who are, who are long in the Lord and they mature in the Lord. Pastor let me ask you. Right? So when you experience God, do you experience God in the same way you experience your emotions? 
Or is your experience of God consistent in nature? Got to stand on the mic, man. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> the experience is always different, but they're always in the same nature. Mm. It's always fullness. It's always joy. It's love. It's contentment. It's freedom. It's purpose. Safety. It's safety. It's protection. It's provision. It's all these things in his presence, right? But do you know that even our emotional state can keep us away from going into his presence? Hello? And then what do we do? We resolve because we haven't repented from the old logic. We resolve that God is distant now. Not me. God is distant. Are you guys with me? And Jesus gave us this ama amazing principle. Now, wh why are we talking about this this morning, guys? Is because as a believer, you need to become skillful in managing this friction. Everyone say skillful. When your emotions are having their time with you, man... They're like, isn't yogas? They're just stealing all your power cables, right? When your emotions are doing that with you, what do you as a believer need to do? You need to see clearly. You need to understand that, wait a minute. If I'm feeling condemned, God doesn't see me like that. If I'm feeling insecure, that's not who I am in Christ. Amen? Now we help each other. We do. We say, hey, hey remember who you are, Cecilia. That's not you. You're in Christ, right? But we are to depend, uh, develop the personal responsibility and become skillful in managing these things. So why? So we could become whole people. Not people who are slave to our emotions, slave to our bodies. Are you guys with me? Amen? So this friction that you are to, to, to wrestle with as a believer, and man, sometimes it's friction, eh? Sometimes I have moments where people see me and I just go crazy. I'm like, ah! Why? Because I'm learning to manage these things. I'm dealing with them. Have you guys ever seen a tennis match where they break their record on the court? I'm not going to do that. My record's aren't sponsored. But if anyone wants to sponsor, I'm just saying. Right? What are they doing? They, they let all that anger out and everything, and then they carry on to win the match. Right? Are you guys with me? What are they doing? They are developing skills to manage themselves. Paul even writes and he says, it's every man's responsibility to take control of his own body. Amen? God's not going to change your emotional state. He's given you an opportunity to connect with him to overcome it. But all our faculties are our own responsibility. Amen? Now why am I going this route? Because this is our most real experience daily. Man, anyone here who's ever had like less than three hours of sleep the one night and then had to go to work the next day? I told you, you must be on leave on Saturday nights. <laughs> but anyone ever done that? Or you pulled an all-nighter and you try and go to work the next day? Man, listen, I don't know about you guys, eh? But let me tell you, the people who encounter me that day, they're in trouble. Don't come with your stories. Come to me on a day when I'm walking in salvation, okay? <laughs> it's going to be better for you. But... What is that? Is that, did God change? Did your salvation change? Did the Holy Spirit in you change? No. You had a physical consequence in your body because you didn't sleep. Right? Why are you moody today? That's the biggest question I get. Why are you moody? I didn't sleep. Oh, okay. So there's no existential crisis? No. My body just won't sleep. Are you guys seeing? Right? If we do not accept God's evidence, we end up in existential crisis. Crises. Crises. 
I just want to say something, you know, because it's so important that Bash has gone there because this is the weakness of the flesh, you know. The flesh is so weak. So if you dwell just slightly too long on the fact that you haven't had enough sleep, okay, then what's going to happen is you're going to, you know, there's an old saying, you know, it doesn't rain, it pours. Ever heard of that? But there's no, like, external things that are coming harder and faster. Nothing's pouring except you have now uh, negotiated with this feeling, and this feeling takes you inward, makes you introspective, and then you go and look for every little other feeling to justify why you're feeling. And then somebody comes and speaks to you, and then it's like, yes, you know, it always comes in threes. <laughs> Yeah. It comes in threes, brother. You know, it never comes, never just one single challenge. It always comes in threes. And you know, it doesn't rain, it just pours. I'm having a Job experience again. You know? Why are you with Job? You're supposed to be with Jesus. Swap the J. You know what I'm saying? Forget about Job. He's a great guy. He went through many things. But Jesus went through all his stuff so that you don't have to be like Job. But why? You see, so we've got to be so careful because within a moment, family, within a moment, one thought like that becomes two thoughts. Two thoughts become three thoughts. Three thoughts become a thought pattern. And the next moment, you are being held in your soul by yourself. That's it, yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. If you do not take the authority that you have been given in Jesus, he says, every argument that exalts itself above the name of God in your mind. True spiritual warfare is not you fighting the devil. It's you fighting your feelings. Did you know that the devil has been conquered and defeated and that he has no power? He has no power. But guess what? He's a rat. And rats like to gnaw off other sick animals. So when you don't deal with your feelings and you become depressed, that's when he sees the opportunity. And he goes, aha, you're not walking in your authority. You're not walking in who you are in Christ. Here I come. And he starts to gnaw. Are you with me? So we have to use our authority. We cannot be led by our feelings. Your feelings are so, oh man, they are like a roller coaster. You, you can't afford to. I've seen people that have left that one feeling, and that one feeling becomes two, three, four. Now they've got a, they've got a, a train of thought or a pattern of thought. It's a holding pattern, and they can't get out of it. And they believe this feeling, and all, you must remember, with every feeling, there's a whole gush of of hormones. Just remember, when you get bad news, or you're concentrating on bad news, it releases peptides. Peptides go through the body, and they either make you feel bad, or if it's good news, you feel up. Are you with me? So if you want to live from your soul, you're in trouble. Because there's so much bad news happening all day long, you're releasing and firing peptides all the time that are contrary to the evidence that Christ has given us. Amen. Yeah, 100%. 
So do you want to live on your soul? You must understand your soul is important, but your soul is merely just an interface. That's it. Your soul is just an interface for your spirit to be able to communicate and sense things in this realm. Mm. That's all your soul is there for. Mm. You're not a soul. You're a spirit. And if you're going to live in your soul, you're in trouble. Mm. You need to go beyond the soul into the spirit and encounter God in the kingdom. Yeah. I, I, I have, I've known people, guys, that one thought became a depressive state for 10 years. I promise you. Yeah. They, it, man, they saw defeat in everything. That's it. That's true. Yeah, and you need one thing. You need that oak with the red beret, with the red uh, overall. Overall. Be in Parliament to get up and say one thing. I will slit the throat of whiteness. That's what he said. Thank his whiteness. Do you know how many people panicked and fell apart, sold their houses and went overseas? Huh? Guys, do you know how many people are leaving the country because of old uh, Julius? Because they're fearful. They allowed one statement from one weak little man. That guy has nothing on our father. Do you understand that? He can sit and shout. He can stand on the town hall steps. I won't finish that one. If you're an older guy, you know what I'm talking about. And he can whistle little house on a prairie or whatever it is. But I can tell you right now, he's just a little man coming against God's plan. God's plan for this country. Do you know what God's plan is for this country? Two, over 200 prophecies have said that this country will be the shining light when this whole thing starts falling apart. It. And it's falling apart quickly. But don't run. Trust God. Trust God. That's it. Trust God. Yeah, yeah. You might just run straight into Putin's missiles. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You know? It's tough out here. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Just be careful now. Your fear might take you down the wrong road. Yeah. But... The emotional thing, do, do yourselves a favor, right? There's this, this thing trending now. Go and watch. Uh, you could probably search it on YouTube. Search something to the effect of maybe like dealing with Gen Z employees or something like that, right? I don't know if you guys have seen these videos, okay? But man, it's crazy. It's so crazy because the, this woke generation lives on emotional validation. They have no other reality except their emotions. That is it. Right? And the problem is, is because the, the environments, the cultures, the countries, the education, everything's created that. That's how they've been trained now, right? So <laughs> you think of this example, right? You guys, typically dads are normally too harsh and hard, right? And moms are like the very soft, loving ones. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Jam, that was, that was too on, on the point there, hey? Like, <laughs> but you guys know the normal thing where, you know, the baby boy falls over and the mother's like, oh my gosh, my child. And the dad's like, leave him, he's fine. You guys know that thing, right? Sort of? Yes? Okay. I know when, when, you, when you're that age, you want your dad to be like your mom, you know? Yeah. But then when you get older, you realize, okay, dad taught me something as well. You know, in that moment, <laughs> dad's like, listen, you got hurt. It's okay. Life is not over. Yes, it's Aina, but you're going to be okay. And then mom comes with the magic little kisses, you know? And then she kisses it and the pain disappears. You guys know what I'm talking about? You're like, wow, that's amazing, right? But... It's that principle now that we need to learn, guys, is that, you know, when we come to God in an emotional state, the Bible doesn't tell us come in an emotional state. It says come in spirit and truth, 
Jesus said that, worship in spirit and truth. Not in an emotional state, okay? What is an emotional state is that we're coming with expectations based on emotion, not on truth, right? When you come to God, you're going to have an emotional experience. Of course you will, because God is a person as well, right? He has emotions. But when we come to God, we must not come in an emotional state, because what's going to happen is we're just going to scream and cry like that little kid, and we want magical kisses, Take the pain away, Lord. And God's like, listen, I need you to see clearly right now. This pain is not bigger than you. This pain is not forever. This trouble is not a problem. I need you to connect with me now. Is that, oh, amen. Oh, amen. Amen. I thought you had a question. Are you, are you guys with me now? What, but Bash, why would God just leave me with the problem? Okay. An unsaved person is causing the problem in your life. How would you propose God take it away? Don't you dare say strike them down with lightning. <laughs> then other people say, <laughs> there's better ways. <laughs> then other people say, no, they must just immigrate. It's like, listen, how can you, you want this person to uproot their entire existence because you're having a problem with them? Sounds like selfishness to me. Hello? Right? People say, it's like, oh, if there's a God, why is there evil in the world? Okay, how would you propose that he fixes it? Because Jesus died for the evil people as well. But you know what the problem is? The problem is, is that the righteous people, right, are submitting to the narcissists and the evil ones. The righteous people are being uh, um, affected by the unrighteous, when biblically it's supposed to be the other way around. Someone is causing you trouble in your life. You know why you can't stand up and put a boundary in place? It's because you're not standing in your righteousness in God. You're crippled by your emotional state. You're slave to your insecurities about what this person thinks of you, etc., etc., etc. Are you guys with me? But that's why God's telling you, come and connect with me. I'll show you who you are. You know, I had this crazy problem of not saying no in my life. If you knew me earlier days, right? And I promise you, I, people would come, hey, can you help, can you help, can you help? And I would just load up that to-do list, like, what the heck? And then that one person who I'm actually close to and who is comfortable with me, who in the back of my mind I reason out, listen, if I dump all of this on them now, they're still going to love me. <laughs> there was too many, too many agreements there with that one. I'm just saying we're human. And then they come and help you, ask you for the littlest thing. Hey, can you connect me to the Wi-Fi? Bloody hell, man, how many times must I do this for you? What is wrong with you? How many times? And you go out, you release all that emotion. Then afterwards, you're like, I'm sorry, do you still love me? They're like, yeah, it's fine. I'll use my data. It's okay. It's, it's. Are you guys with me? Life's tough. No. What's tough is you've come under the wrong thoughts. You've come under your emotional state and not your state in Christ. Amen? Can we have a few more minutes? Are you guys fine? Are you getting something this morning? Right? This is real practical stuff, guys. There isn't some magic wand where you say, oh, in the name of Jesus. If you say in the name of Jesus in an emotional state, you're betraying your own heart. Because the judgment you're making in your emotional state is not in line with who Jesus is in spirit. Hello? God, why can't you just come down and bring it? He's like, I'm one spirit with you. What are you saying? No, just like how you said Moses, Lord. Send me a Moses. He's like, I sent you my son. Not Moses. More importantly, I sent the Holy Spirit. Not Moses. 
Not David. Not any of them. Amen? But can you see what our emotional state connects with? Why? Because he said it's the weakness of our flesh. Our flesh only knows lack. It only knows defeat. It only knows death. But as believers, we're called to repent. We're called to be disciplined. We're called to stand up in his righteousness and take his evidence above all. Hebrews 5 says this. It says, 5.14, But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves. You think you're going to get it right on the first time? No. But with training, can you get it right more often than not? Of course. That should be our objective. Amen? Amen. Jesus gives us a principle. Okay? You want to answer me? No. Okay. Jesus gives us a principle. And I think this is the last I'm going to say. I'm not going to talk about it for the other pastor, okay? But I'm going to say. He gives us this principle. He told us, right? It's in the red letters. You can read them. He says, everything that I see my father do, I do. Everything that I hear my father say, I say. Now, I want to paint a contrast for you, right? Let's go look at Moses. Uncle Mo, you guys know I love Moses. He's, man, Uncle Mo's the man. He killed an Egyptian, ran away. You know his whole story. I'm not going to go through it. But anyway, every part of his life that he went through, do you know he never had to do it himself? All he did was he followed what God told him to do, Right? And he ended up setting up a nation that brought the Messiah. Think about that. Over thousands of years. All on Moses. He started the whole thing. He went to Egypt when God said go. But even when he was in Egypt, when he didn't know what to do, when he had no confidence, he had no experience, he had no, no, no army with him, he had nothing. Do you think he didn't have all those emotional states that we discussed this morning? Even when he was negotiating with the burning bush. He said, okay, I must go, yeah. Okay, but I'm not going to go in the name of Moses. Who must I say sent me? Why? Because immediately in his heart he's feeling what? He's like, who the heck am I? I can't go and tell Pharaoh, the greatest kingdom of the time. Hey, let these people go. He's going to kill me there in the courtyard. So what does he say? He's like, flip, there's a burning bush here. This is real. Okay, who sent me? I'll, tell, I'll give your name, right? Then he goes there. He says, listen, I am said you must let them go. And Pharaoh's like, when are you English? What is I am said you must let them go? What is that? Right? But what did Moses do? He, all he had was faith in God. All he had was the guarantee of the person giving the instruction. Then they leave. All the gold, everything, they leave. Moses is like, <laughs> let's go. They're walking, they're walking, they're walking. And then he sees it. Hey, why did God tell us come this way? There's an ocean there. Okay, well, let's go, let's go. As they're getting closer to the ocean, he gets word. Moses, Pharaoh and his chariots, they're coming. Serious. Yeah, 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 no, they're coming. How many? Thousands. Oh. Moses, what are we doing? Let's just keep going. Gets to the front there. If Moses let his emotional state get the better of him, if Moses let his emotional state get the better of him, let me tell you, God, I have to go find a different nation. So what does he do? He gets to the front, and they're like, Moses! Moses, we going to die. Listen, as a believer, you're going to have people like that in your life. 
tell you, what the hell is wrong with you? Don't you care? I don't know what's happening to me. I'm like, okay. Uh, I did, you're laughing. We are pastors. We know this. Know. We know this. And people will come to you and they say, validate my emotions. And you say, validate nothing. Keep quiet in the name of Jesus. <laughs> right? I'm kidding. Right? But I'm making this light so you remember it. Okay? What does Moses do? He says, wait. Moses, they're chasing us. Look. There's the dust, they're coming. And God says to Moses, raise your staff. <laughs> the dust. Yeah, because it's a desert, you know. No, no, yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> so Moses raises his staff, and what happens? Boom! <laughs> there the ocean opens. Now, all the people who thought they were dead and dying, they were like, what? Then they get even worse. Moses is like, let's go through. We'll die here. We're not going. What, what are you talking about? I get killed with a sword instead of drowning, bud. What are you talking about? But they walk through on dry sand. I don't know about you guys. Have you ever taken water out of mud to just have sand? No. I only know evaporation does that, right? Anyway, they go through. And entire, like Moses' entire life was like this. He managed his emotional... Okay, except the one part where he came down and killed 3,000 people. They went back up. Okay, that's different. Okay, we'll talk about that later. But... He managed himself, right? But I want to give you another character, and there are more characters in the Bible who didn't manage their emotional state. You look at David. How? How? A man after God's own heart ended up such a chaotic mess. Praise the Lord, right? Solomon was worse. But let's talk about Paul for a second. Bash, what are you saying? Paul, he's a super apostle. What are you talking about? Paul, yeah, Paul. Go read Acts, Acts 21. Three times in Acts 21, the Bible said that God did not want Paul to go back to Jerusalem. Three times. Go read it. Acts 21. Make a note. I want you to go and read it. God even gave, what was his name? Anyway, he gave him a sign. He took off Paul's belt and he tied it around his hands and he said, the spirit of the Lord is saying, that the owner of this belt, this is what's going to happen to him when he returns to Jerusalem. Oh, bash, that's hectic. Earlier it says, Paul was pushing to go to Jerusalem, even though the spirit was not willing to let us go. Bash, are you telling me super apostle even disobeyed? I'm not telling you, it's in the Bible. But you know, he had such a pain in his heart for his own people. You go read it. It's in Romans, it's in Hebrews. It was... It was a weight he could not bear because him being the Jew of all Jews, he now had the earnestness for his people. And he was so desperate for them to, go, for, for them to know God that he was going to go back and endure whatever he needed to for them. To the point where he went back, he was so blinded in his desire to save them that he, for, he, forsook, he forsook his own gospel that he preached. The same thing he condemned Peter for in the beginning. He went back and he shaved his head. He did the ceremonial washings. He sat in the temple with them. This is the same guy who gave us two-thirds of the New Testament. Can you see? It doesn't matter who you are, guys. The flesh is the flesh. Does that take away from what Paul did? Of course not. Just see, praise God, man. But can you see, even in that, 
if we do not check and if we do not seek to see first and to hear first, our own desires will take us away. What Paul should have done is say, this is my heart for my people. Lord, I'm waiting for you to tell me to go back. Give me the opportunity. And who knows what his life could have been. But you know what happened when he went back? Is that the Jews were convinced. He's like, this man is the head of this entire new Jesus movement. And look at him. He comes back and he serves us. He comes back and he follows our rules. He compromised his own message for us. In his own decision, he went back and he compromised his own, his own gospel. Are you guys with me? Now look, we're not Pauls. Don't get me wrong. Paul is Paul. We're still going to have a good time with him when we go to heaven, right? But how much more do you and I have the responsibility every day, church? Pastor, I've just got this, this report from the doctor. Okay. I don't know how to feel. Well, the truth is you've got to feel. You can't shut down things. You can't ignore things. You can't just be completely blacked out. You need to be in the moment and you need to feel. But I can't handle it. It's fine. There's grace for you to handle it. Because you see, you're not handling it in and of yourself. You're handling it in Christ. I'm scared. Cry. I'm nervous. Pray. I'm feeling tender. That's fine. Right? But those things don't define you. You need to see clearly that this is my soul reacting in its fallen state to what's in front of me. Whatever things that's happening there, you don't need to let them scar you and weigh you down and put you in a prison. You need to accept, oof, okay, this is happening right now and this is hectic, but I know who Jesus is. And I can be in Jesus and through this. Because it's not God that's doing it to you, church. It's the fallen world. It's fallen people. Amen? Are you guys with me? Did you get something this morning? Do you see how to apply this thing? Stop waiting for big moves of God. Stand up in your righteousness. Repent of the old ways. Accept God's evidence and train yourself. Discipline yourself. You want to start with the quickest thing? Deep breaths and stop talking. You guys are laughing. You get emotional. Breathe deeply. You get emotional. Don't talk. Because you're going to compromise your character, the people you're talking about, and God's character. Two basic disciplines. Start that, and I promise you, you will become a master of your soul so quickly, you would not believe it. What are the two things? Number one, deep breaths. Number two, don't talk. When you're emotional, I mean, you know? <laughs> if everyone walking out of here, quiet. Why are you not talking? Mm-mm. Why? What happened? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> Amen. Come on, give God a praise. Say it. Say, Lord, I thank you. By the power of the Holy Spirit, alive inside of me, I will transform into who I am in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So... There's food and coffee in the cafeteria. Grace and peace for the week ahead. And stand up every day. Take 10 minutes and discipline yourself. Set your temperature today. Even if you wake up groggy, Christ has freed you from your faculties. Amen. Amen. Love you guys.